just be careful when you're around turkeys. Don't whisper nasty things at them because they can hear you and they will come after you. I absolutely promise that they will. This is the CritterCast Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hello. It is episode 21 of CritterCast. Welcome. Thanks for joining in. If you are brand new to CritterCast, know straight off the bat, this episode's going to be a little funky funky, and that's because it's just me, Karina. Usually, uh, CritterCast has two hosts, Karina and Cassie. We are roommates, but because it is Thanksgiving weekend, Cassie is away celebrating with her family two states away, one state away. I know geography. It's fine. Anyway, she's celebrating in Oregon, which means that it's just me at home. So on one hand, you know, we thought, well, we could pre-record an episode, but we were such a mess getting last week's episode out. It didn't happen. And then I thought, well, we could just skip. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Who's listening to podcasts? But then I thought, no, y'all deserve a podcast episode. We are going to take a break for Christmas, so um, we're not taking a break this week. So instead, you guys are going to get a short little episode, probably about a half hour long, but we'll see how long I can talk for, um, all about a critter of my choosing, just for me. So today I posted on the CritterCast Facebook page, um, letting people know that I was going to do a short little episode and asking what they wanted to hear. And our Patreon supporter, Erica, our self-proclaimed superfan, now-turned-Patreon supporter, Erica, requested that I, of course, do an episode on turkeys. Even though we did our episode last week about dogs, you know, our pivotal animal that we were thankful for, obviously turkey is the go-to Thanksgiving animal, right? Thanksgiving has passed, you've all eaten and digested your turkeys, so now I can spit some fun facts at you without you having to feel bad about then eating the bird on the... On Thursday? Well, yeah, Thursday, because it's Thanksgiving. (laughs) Whatever. Um, So today I'm going to talk about turkeys, and I'm going to give you some information about them, but also I'm just going to give you, like, my completely unqualified opinion. I have, like, no right to judge turkeys, but I'm going to full-on do it. So get ready for some full-on turkey judgment. And also, I've prepped some sound bites, so we're going to play with that and see how that turns out today. You know, because... What is better than really obnoxious turkey sounds played from my computer? My dogs are going to love me. I think it's going to be great. And I hope you guys are along for the ride, too. So uh, before we super get into turkey talk, (laughs) turkey talk, turkey time talk. Oh, my God. You can do so much alliteration with turkeys. And usually Cassie would be here to laugh at my jokes. And she's not here, so it's just me laughing at myself. Please tell me, please tell me when you guys listen to this at home that you are laughing along. Because if you're not, like, my ego is just going to plummet. Oh, my God. Please laugh right now. Laugh. Cool. Assuming that you laughed, we're going to keep moving on. Before we get into it, of course, CritterCast, for those of you who have not listened to us before, is an animal-themed comedy podcast. Comedic, we always try to make you laugh. Also, we're just trying to spread the love, help people be thankful for all different types. You know what? Because I'm doing all the research, all the talking, and all the editing, there will be minimal edits in this episode. So it's pretty much going to be raw all the mistakes I make, all the weird things that happen, you're getting it all. So because I can't say my words, you can get a lot of... Anyway, Critter Guest is funny, 
It's factual. We're just trying to help you love animals big and small. We do everything. We do pets that you would find here in our home. We do animals nobody would ever keep in their home. We do animals people can't even see with their naked eye, all the way up to animals that we can't even fathom just how big they are, because that's how big they are. So, you know, we're going to do a little bit of everything. Um, And this is episode 21 about turkeys. So let's get into it, folks. It's time for Turkey time, turkey talk time, gobble, gobble, turkey, turkey time, turkey, wiki time, Tom Turkey went away and he won't come home. Anybody? I think that's from, is that from nine to five? No, that's not right. What is that even from? I'm gonna have to look it up now. If anybody knows, I know it's from a musical, but I don't know what musical. And if you can tell me, that'd be great. Is it from a musical or is it just a song? I don't know. Well, we'll figure it out. The first time I ever heard it was on Glee because I'm that person. I did love Glee for a long time. Let's get into facts. Let's let's just straight up. So they're basically like two different types of turkeys, right? There's wild turkeys. Those are the ones that terrorize the Davis and woodland areas, which we'll get into later. And then there's domesticated turkeys. Those are the ones we eat, the ones that get pardoned every year by, oh, we won't even go into presidents this week. We'll just, whatever. I didn't even go there. Forget about it. So there's wild turkeys and domesticated turkeys. They are technically the same species and they are very similar, but they do have different traits because one of them is out living in the wild, doing what they do in the wild. And one of them is being specifically bred for us to eat. So just to clarify, wild turkeys and turkeys in general are the only poultry native to North America, which is why we eat them on Thanksgiving and why they were the only birds around to eat on Thanksgiving. Poultry is a term used for a type of bird that we eat. There are other mammals that we eat that were native to North America, but they're not birds. And the other birds that are native to North America, of course, like the bald eagle and many other types of animal, um, we don't eat. (laughs) So it's just turkeys. Chickens are not native to North America. Fun facts. Um, Wild turkeys can fly, but domesticated turkeys cannot because, you know, we bred that out of them. Because do you know how hard it would be to, like, create a giant birdcage for turkeys? It would not be easy. So we just made it so they can't fly anymore. Genetics, breeding, it's amazing. Wild turkeys are generally dark in color, like those dark brown birds, like the big float in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's a wild turkey. And also because that's what all turkeys looked like on the first Thanksgiving. So that's why they look like that. Domesticated turkeys are bred for white feathers. So those like pretty white turkeys you see, those are all domesticated. They were bred to look that way. They're also bred, domesticated turkeys, of course, bred to have large breast muscles because that's the bulk of what we eat is the breast of a bird. It's the good white meat, even though turkey is kind of like the other white. Anyway, um, (laughs) I don't really know what I'm talking about. Don't listen to me. I've got, do listen, but don't. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) they're bred to have large breast muscles because we eat them because they're yummy and they're good a good source of nutrition and good protein. But that means that because we've basically altered their body shape. So in order to breed them, we have to artificially inseminate turkeys. They can't breed naturally because we bred their chests to be too big. So they can't physically, you know, do the deed, all that stuff, which seems like like a problem for us. Like we just created more work for ourselves, but in the end you get bigger turkey breasts to make all of your yummy recipes with. So, you know, it's a give and take. That's how breeding is. 
The scientific name for both domesticated and wild turkeys, because they are the same species, is Meliagris galapavo. I practiced that too, and I still messed it up. And I know that when Cassie's listening to this, she's most definitely laughing at me. I only did it because we always do the scientific name, and now I sound stupid. Anyway, there are different terms. You know, whenever you get into animals, we generally have different terms for like, this is a a male, this is a female, this is an adult, this is a baby. Well, as you can guess, an adult male turkey is called a gobbler or a tom, which is why, you know, tom turkey is like, the thing. It's not just because alliteration, even though alliteration is fun and is my main reason. Uh, they are called toms or gobblers um, because of that that special noise that they can make. Female turkeys are hens, just like female chickens. It's kind of a general term. And then young males are jakes, which I didn't know. And I think that's hilarious because my brother is named Jake and I have a lot of friends named Jake. And so now I'm just going to think of you all as baby male turkeys. I just want you to know that. But like baby, baby turkeys, whether they're male or female, are called poults. Poults, P-O-U-L-T-S, which honestly just seems lazy. And I think I'm just going to call them baby turkeys, if that's okay. Turkey is the general term, of course. So just like chicken is a general term. So you can just call anything you see a turkey if you're not sure whether it's an adult male or a young male or an adult female or a baby. It's a turkey, no matter what. So that's cool. Adult males can weigh anywhere from 16 to 22 pounds. And mostly we're talking wild turkeys here. But yes, obviously you can breed them even bigger because there is such a thing as a 25-pound turkey that people buy for Thanksgiving, which seems like a way too intense amount of food. I think we had a 15-pound turkey this year, and it was still like more than enough turkey for all of us. Um, Females are much smaller and usually are only 8 to 12 pounds. So, you know... We don't really eat the females as much. Mostly we're eating the males. That's kind of how it works in like most animals we breed to eat is that we eat the males because they've got more muscle mass, you know, and meat is yummy. Sorry to offend you if somebody out there is not a meat eater, but I am. Let's move on uh, in, in the way of males and females. And, you know, we talked about how we artificially inseminate them, of course, but when the female becomes ready to lay her eggs, she has to lay them one one per day. She can't lay a bunch all at once. It has to be one per day because that's just how the process goes. And she'll lay like 10 to 12 eggs over a two-week period. So some days maybe she won't lay any, but other days she'll lay one. And then the next day she'll lay another and another all the way up to 10 to 12. And then she incubates them and sits on them for 28 days and then they hatch about 28 days, but really it's, it's a pretty exact number, which is so nice and satisfying for me. If you guys have listened to other CritterCast episodes, you know that I'm not a big fan of animals that have like widely ranging breeding and birthing and just like too much. So I love that there's like this beautiful number, this number 28. It's pretty, pretty standard, which is very good for my like sense of organization. I like that. Um, here's a couple fun words for you guys. So turkeys like are funky looking birds, right? They, they kind of look like chickens, like big chickens, but they've got like extra weird floppy skin going on. So a caruncle, caruncle, which is like, just say it, say it to yourself. I'm waiting. Go ahead. Say it. Caruncle, right? It's crazy. Uh, A caruncle is the fleshy bumps that they have on like their heads and their necks, which like make them look like they have gross dry skin. That's a caruncle. A snood is the flap of skin that they have on top of their beak. Snood. (laughs) It's like, 
I don't know. It's just funny. A snood. Um, males and females both have snoods, but on the males, that area is capable of filling with blood and swelling up when they're courting a female, you know, because it makes them obviously look more impressive. What's better than like making your nose expand? Now I'm just picturing humans with their noses expanding when they're trying to flirt, and that's just disturbing, like really disturbing. Gross. The last fun word of the day is probably one that most of you already know. Shout it out at home if you know it. Yes, that's correct, folks. The answer is waddle. The wattle. W-A-T-T-L-E. Waddle. It is that flap of skin that hangs on the underside of their beak right from their chin. And contrary to what you might believe, both males and females have a waddle. But of course, on the male, it is bigger, floppier, and all over more hanging gross. You know, because... Think about what that makes you think about for a second. Yep. Yep. I gagged a little bit just thinking about it. Not my favorite part of the turkey, the waddle, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. I also did some research on their senses because, you know, why not? It was on the fact list I looked at. So they have, they have monocular vision, which is that fancy word for when you have two eyes that work independently of each other. So humans and all other most other predatorial animals have binocular vision because we have our eyes both on the front of our head and they work together to form one field of vision. But monocular vision comes when any animal has eyes on either side of their head. So they can't, their ranges of vision don't meet and make one, which means, yeah, like, cool, they can see two different things at once, but they don't have depth perception. They have like minimal depth perception because their eyes are not working together. So that's why sometimes they look dumb and they walk into stuff because, you know, no depth perception. It's a thing. It's also why my mom's little cross-eyed dog, Jack-Jack, has to get really right up in your face when he wants to spend time with you because his eyes are not working together like they should. Like Theoretically, he should have binocular vision, but it's not really working well because one of his eyes is a little off course. So fun fact into vision for you guys, but turkeys, they have very keen hearing, which is so funny because picture a turkey in your head right now. They have like these weird bald heads with all their floppy skin and their bumpy, gross things. But you don't think about the fact that they have ears, right? Because they don't have anything externally outside of their head to show that they have ears. But in fact, they have little holes in their head to lead to all of their internal ear structures. And they have very keen hearing. They can actually pinpoint a sound up to a mile away. Like that is insane. I can't even understand Cassie when she's standing like in an opposite room of our small two-bedroom apartment, but a turkey can pinpoint a sound from a mile away. On that note, if they hear you and they want to get to you, turkeys can run up to 25 miles an hour. And wild turkeys, if they choose to fly, can fly up to 55 miles an hour, which, you know, is terrifying. So, just be careful what you say around turkeys because they can hear you and they can outrun you. There is no human that can run 25 miles an hour. It's insane. Anyway, back to my other fun facts. So hearing, definitely a big one. Their smell and taste, not so much. Very underdeveloped as it is in a lot of birds. They just don't have the olfactory senses like mammals do, but they can still detect salt, sweet, acid, and bitter tastes. But honestly, like they're not picky about food. They will eat most anything. Adult turkeys have a really, really varied uh, diet, actually. So they'll basically eat anything that they can find, like berries or seeds, acorns, insects, or even 
small reptiles, which I was really sad to find out about because you guys know how much I love reptiles. I don't eat reptiles just because, ew, they don't sound appetizing to me. But turkeys do eat small reptiles, and I eat turkeys, so I guess, you know, in the end, who's a winner here? We're all, it's a man-eat-animal-eats-other-animal-eats-other-animal-eats-poop kind of world, right? (laughs) Speaking of poop, my very, oh god, my very first random fun fact that isn't really a basic fact, but, you know, it's a fun fact that anybody that knows anything about turkeys knows, is that you can actually tell the sex of a turkey from its poop. Which, I mean, you, there's also, like, external factors. Like, you could look at a turkey a couple feet away from you and probably be able to tell its gender because males are going to be larger and they're going to be fluffier and they're going to have bigger waddles. But in case you can only see their poop for some reason, you can see that a male will make little spiral poops and a female will make J-shaped poops. And I watched a video that gave me this fact. And instead of just showing, like, female turkey poop, it showed me a candy cane. And I was like, excuse me, female turkeys don't poop candy canes. So why are you showing me a candy canes? Why are you ruining candy canes? Oh my God. (laughs) As I'm saying this, I'm looking up at this adorable sloth banner that's hanging on our wall that my aunt got me for Christmas because she found this little singing sloth at Home Depot and bought him for me. And then in the package when she mailed him to me, there was also a little streamer slash banner of Christmas sloths that are like gold and white and sparkly and they're wearing Christmas hats and scarves but they're clinging to candy canes and now I'm just thinking about the fact that like turkey poop and candy canes are going to be connected in my mind forever and now every time I try to eat a candy cane this holiday season I'm just going to be like "Mm, turkey poop so I'm spreading that on to you guys so that I don't have to be alone in that endeavor enjoy hashtag candy cane turkey poop I don't know. That's a terrible hashtag. Somebody think of something better and let me know. (laughs) That was my first fun fact. My next one is that wild turkeys were actually almost hunted to extinction in the early 1900s because, you know, we weren't purposely breeding animals back there. We were just kind of hunting and doing what we want. We'd started breeding, but it it wasn't as big of a thing yet because we hadn't quite figured it out. Um, But we put restoration programs in place, luckily, and the numbers went from 30,000 in the early 1900s all the way up to about 7 million today. 7 million wild turkeys. That does not include domesticated turkeys that we breed and eat because we eat, like, I think 65 million turkeys a year. Most of that happens on Thanksgiving. And turkey is an increasingly popular food. Anyway, 7 million wild turkeys. So don't you fret your pretty little heads about the turkeys. They are doing just fine. They are not in danger of extinction. And I think many of us who have had personal experiences with turkeys would even argue that maybe 7 million was overshooting it a little bit. Like maybe we could have gone a little under that and we all would have been happy. Uh, Turkeys are cool. You know, they're just like a little vicious, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Uh, There are six subspecies of wild turkeys, but all of them are native to North America, and they all pretty much look the same. They're just slightly different and from slightly different areas of North America, you know, Canada all the way down into um, sort of Central America and Mexico, but mostly here in the United States and up in Canada, because, you know, we're turkey people. I don't know. I don't know why. That's just, it is that way, okay? Okay. Now is the time where we get to the fun stuff. The sound bites. So, only male turkeys gobble do that, like, the really well-known gobble sound, which I will play for you now, friends. 
that gobble noise. Only adult male turkeys make that gobble noise, but they have a variety of other sounds that they can make, including purrs, yelps, and kikis, which uh, the yelps and kikis and are more commonly seen in wild turkeys. It's how they call to each other. It's how they move together as a flock. Um, but purrs are like exactly what you'd think they are. They are like, it's a sound of pleasure that domesticated or wild turkeys can give to each other. And I even watched a video of a domesticated turkey like purring as her owner was holding her. And I think that is like the most adorable thing I've probably ever heard today, at least, because I hear a lot of adorable things. But um, the video was not about, like, you couldn't hear the purr well enough for me to play it to you guys. But here is another turkey call that could either, I think this one is a yelp. And, like, that sounds, I'll play it one more time. I think that sounds like, like an exotic bird. But no, it's just a female turkey yelping away. Um, here is their cluck and purr. Like, that's the wildest thing I have literally ever heard. And the kiki noise, I think, is this call. No, that's not right. It must be this one. I think it's that noise. Either way, I was, it was a little confusing to find out what was what, but like turkeys are weird, man. And they don't just gobble. Like whenever, you know, those little kids and they have books and they're like, what does this animal make? What does this animal make? Like we way oversimplify turkeys. We oversimplify everything, but like, especially turkeys, they have a variety of vocalizations. It's how they communicate to each other when they're moving out in flocks, because of course, turkeys are flock animals they move and live in groups they hunt in groups i mean they're not hunting necessarily because they're more like scavengers but dude they totally can hunt so you know watch your back um but yeah they have fun fun little sounds i also found it hilarious because i was telling you guys earlier that turkey lurkey song that i can't figure out what it's from the first time i heard it was on an episode of glee when they did a mashup between turkey lurkey time and let's have a kiki, which of course is not the same as the turkey call kiki, but I just think that's ironic. And I don't know if anybody on their Ryan team was like, wow, this is why we're going to mix these two. Or if it was just like a happy accident, but I really appreciate the irony anyway. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Lock the doors tight. Let's have a kiki. But like not a turkey kiki. Turkey kiki. Oh my God. It's too much alliteration. I can't handle it. Here's another fun fact for you guys. A group of male turkeys that are related and live together that are already part of a flock, they will totally flirt as a group. Like they'll gang together and to, to uh, entice a lady over to them, but only one of them in the end will get to do the deed because, you know, they're not dolphins or ducks. They're not gangbanging her. They're just working together, you know, wingmanning each other. You might say literally wingmanning. Did anybody laugh? Did you guys laugh at that? I hope you did. I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, there's also this weird fact that like circled around that Benjamin Franklin proposed the turkey as an alternative to the, the United States bird instead of the bald eagle. Turns out that's complete and utter garbage. But I went to a website that ends in an edu, so you know it's reputable. I think it was like fi.edu, Franklin Institute maybe. I don't know. 
Is that a real school? I want to pretend it's a real school. Franklin Institute. Anyway, the truth of the matter is Benjamin Franklin was not a big fan of the bald eagle because he thought that it was kind of a dumb and vain bird and he didn't really want that to be our country's symbol, but he did not propose the turkey, but he did say something about the turkey. This is a direct quote from a a letter he wrote. The turkey is, and I quote, a much more respectable bird and a withal a true original native of America. He is besides, though a little vain and silly, a bird of courage, which is weird 1770s talk for he thought that even though the turkey was a little bit vain, it was a symbol of courage and a much more respectable bird than a bald eagle. But he did not propose it to be the symbol of our country. He just liked turkeys. He was in the hashtag turkey fan club, which means that Benjamin Franklin totally would have supported Crittercast. You know he would have. And I'm a big fan of his, so I know he's, he's uh, repping us, even in death, in his spirit. <sighs> anyway, on to probably more interesting facts. Turkeys, and this, I guess this isn't really, I mean, it is a fact, but it's also just like personal experience. I went to UC Davis. In here, you know, in Davis, I now live in Woodland, right next door, Yolo County. Anyway, even uh, into West Sacramento and some areas of Sacramento, but specifically Yolo County, we have a ridiculous amount of wild turkeys living in an urban area. Let me make this clear. When turkeys live in the wild all over North America, they generally live in forests. That's where they live. It's where they get their food. It's how they make their survival. It's what they do. However, We have some turkeys that have decided to move into urban areas, partly because, of course, we are expanding out into their areas. Though I will say we haven't done a lot of forest knocking down in Davis. I think that we did some forest knocking down, you know, like in the the rural areas, and then they just kind of decided to migrate into our territory as revenge, because I firmly believe that turkeys are capable of holding grudges and, and, you know, exploiting revenge plots. Granted, I have no scientific facts to back this up because they actually are quite small-brained and simple animals, but I believe it, and you guys should believe it too. If you are from this area, or if you're from an area where wild turkeys have decided to take up residence in your cities, you will probably agree with me. So I went to UC Davis. They have a large wild turkey population all over the city, on campus, off campus. Like squirrels, they are everywhere thing is, squirrels are small. They mostly stick to their trees. Sometimes they come up and beg for your food. I think it's cute. We'll do a whole squirrel episode later. Turkeys, not so cute. Turkeys are very big. Some of those males are 22 pounds. And think about the fact that they are birds that can still fly. So when you think 22 pounds, maybe you're thinking of a dog or a really fat cat. Turkeys that weigh 22 pounds are not the size of your fat cat. They are like triple or quadruple that size when you look at them because they're mostly feather and very light bones with meat. And all of that weighs 22 pounds. So it's massive. They're big birds, especially when they decide to fluff up and start chasing you. And it is terrifying. I personally never was chased by a turkey. So I just got to enjoy the fact that every time students would come inside complaining that they couldn't get out of their car or they couldn't leave the parking lot because a group of turkeys was terrorizing them, I would just laugh at them. But now I kind of feel bad because I heard so many stories like, it's true, it's real, turkeys are pretty terrifying. I'm still going to laugh at them though because that's just who I am as a person. Even though Cassie 
is not with us today. I wanted her to be with us in spirit. So I asked her to submit her most entertaining Turkey Davis story. So she told me that she was driving down Russell Boulevard, which is this main street that runs through Davis and is right next to campus. For those of you who are from the area, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. She was going towards campus because she works at UC Davis, and that's where she was going. And a big flock of turkeys decided to cross the road in front of her. This is very commonplace in Davis. happens all the time. So she had to stop and not move her car for like a full five minutes, and everybody behind her and around her had to do the same thing because you can't just hit them with your car. It would hurt your car, I'm sure. These are big birds, like I said. And then, like... After five minutes, all of the turkeys except one had crossed and like there was a line of cars building behind her and she was in front. So she tried honking at the turkey, trying to get that last one to get out of the street. And it turned, looked her straight in the eye and honked right back at her. Like, like I was saying, they they don't just gobble. They have totally intentional vocalizations that they use to communicate specific things. So this bird literally looked her dead in the eye and mimicked her car horn in anger. And so then she just let him take several minutes to finish crossing the road before she and all the cars that had piled up behind her drove. Because the thing is, like, the turkeys in Davis, like, I used to see people get out of their cars and try to shoo them across the road. It doesn't work. Like, it does not work. They do what they want to do, and you do not want to pick a fight with a giant bird. Even the smaller males, like like I was saying, 16 pounds is still a fat house cat, but it is not the size of a fat house cat. It is still a big, big bird. And most of the flocks living in Davis are heavy male flocks. These are huge birds. Um, And you just don't want to pick a fight with one because they will come at you. They can outrun you. They can outfly you. They can attack you. They have sharp talons on their legs because they use them to fight against other males if they need to. And they will use them to hurt you. I most guarantee. But the weirder thing is like the the Davis turkeys can be kind of creepy and they can totally try to flirt with and court like female humans. I don't understand why they think they need to do that, but it's not cool. (laughs) Um, One of our local animal control officers has a great story and I didn't, uh, I didn't get the story from her, so I don't want to tell the whole thing, but hopefully we'll get her to submit it and we can share it on Facebook or Instagram with you guys, because it's a pretty great story about how one turkey in particular decided that she was the love of his life and they were going to be together no matter what. So on that haunting thought, those are the facts I have prepared for you guys about turkeys. That was about 30 minutes of content. I may edit things around here and there and all that good stuff, but that's turkey lurky talk time for me. We we talked to turkeys. We did the stuff. We learned the facts. We talked about turkey poop in summary and how turkeys can terrifyingly hunt you down and how they can hear you from a mile away. So like, don't shit talk them. We did all of that stuff um, all in a half hour. You know, we squeezed a lot in there. So thank you so much for tuning in to CritterCast today, even though it was just me. I know that's kind of boring to listen to one person talk for 30 minutes, but I hope I made it worth your while. 
If you would like to hear more of us, you can find all of our episodes on iTunes or on Spotify or on our website, CritterCastPodcast.com. You can follow us on all of our social media pages. We run an active Facebook page. It's just CritterCast with a capital C, capital C. We have our Instagram, which is at CritterCastPodcast. And we run Twitter now, which is at CastCritter. Cassie's kind of in charge of Twitter because I don't really understand it, but it rhymes, you know, Twitter, cast, critter. It's cool. It's fun. You like it. It's good. Um, So you can go follow us on all those social medias. If you want to get in touch with us, you can DM us on Instagram, PM us on Facebook. I think DMing is a thing on Twitter too. Or you can send us an email to CritterCastPodcast at gmail.com. Or I think you could leave a comment on our website. I don't know. There's a million and one ways to get a hold of us. And... If you feel like you just loved this episode so much and you want more and you need more and you listen to all of our other episodes and you still need more content, feel free to hop over to Patreon. Patreon, for those of you that don't know, is a website where you can support creators you love. All kinds of creators are on Patreon and it's a way for you as a listener or a supporter to donate safely uh, a tiny amount if you'd like. Uh, as a way to get special access to fun content and support your favorite creators. So what that means is right now we have four Patreon uh, supporters, Patreon members. We love them each dearly. You can choose for us. We have different levels. You can donate as little as a dollar a month, all the way up to $25 a month. If you're really feeling the love, totally up to you. You don't have to donate at all. But if you do donate and you choose to join us on Patreon, you get extra special content every month. So every month I will upload behind the scenes videos and every month I will upload some audio bloopers. It it won't be everything. It is small amounts for now because we don't have a lot of time to dedicate, but the more support we get on Patreon, the more effort we'll be able to put into it because it'll start paying for itself, which will be really lovely because that's a big thing is right now we're paying completely to produce this podcast. And if we're able to generate enough support on Patreon, it will start paying for itself. And then we'll be able to like hang back and maybe not work so many overtime hours to pay for our podcast. But either way, there's extra special content on Patreon that isn't available anywhere else. And it's available starting at just $1 a month. So go ahead and check us out on Patreon and decide to join us if you'd like. We'd love for you to be that lucky fifth Patreon supporter. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Don't forget to hit us up on social media and all that good stuff. It's very sad to have to do the outro by myself, but see you later, alligator. <laughs> After a while, crocodile. <laughs>